Welcome to another episode of Top Year, the only podcast dedicated to giving you a definitive and unbiased ranking of the last 150 years of history. This week on the show, the boys are joined by a very special guest. Meow. <laughs> Damn, didn't know we had Bill Murray on the show. <laughs> and we estimate roughly how many listeners actually understand all of the inside jokes on the show. I reckon five. So sit back, relax, throw away your history books, and enjoy episode 17 of Top Year. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Top Year Podcast. Oh, yeah. Yay. It's episode good. 17. 17 is right. From you. I just forgot what episode it was for a second. <laughs> you played it off well. Thank you. <laughs> yes. This is, uh, this is episode 17, uh, where we will be discussing the wonderful year that was 1882. Wonderful. Wonderful. Could be a stretch, but we'll have to see. Well, it's my job to convince you otherwise. <laughs> So true. But before we get into that, Kyle, do you want to give us a little overview of what we've discussed last week? I'd love to. So last week I talked about 1975, which was a great year. It's currently eighth on the year tier, which is a B. So kind great. Of mid to low B, unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'll take it. Um, the digital camera was made. Microsoft was established. The Suez Canal reopened. <laughs> I don't remember how to say that. That's good. After it being blocked with people on board for yeah, I didn't really so find long. That was <laughs> yeah, like fifteen years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, there was a racial discrimination act in Australia. The first monster truck. Mm. I can't remember what it. It was Bigfoot. That's it. Mm. Uh, end of the Vietnam War. The time to height speed record, and some cool greetings like what it is. <laughs> Slap me some skin and give me five, man. <laughs> give me five. So I hope. All the viewers listened and then used those in the past week. I think that's a nice way to identify top year listeners in the wild. What it is. <laughs> Hear someone go, what it is. Slap <laughs> me some skin. <laughs> you can have a nice little moment just yeah. acknowledging each pretty other. Pretty cute, actually. And everyone is just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> These guys sound like they're from 1975. <laughs> and they would be right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shockingly accurate. All right. Yeah. Before we get into this thing, should we share how we're feeling today, gentlemen? Oh, I forgot my word. Oh, <laughs> oh no, it's rambunctious. <laughs> rambunctious? All right. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm feeling loquacious. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Which means talkative. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. Mine's a little bit less exciting than yours. I think mine, I'm, I'm feeling very entertained. Ooh, okay. And Gladiator style. Yes, mm. I am entertained. And that's because I... In doing the research for 1882, I found some things that, while they may not put it highly on the year tier, <laughs> I just thought were interesting, mm-hmm. and so I will be sharing them with you today. I mean, what it is? Last episode, I talked about greetings. <laughs> <laughs> True. I actually didn't think is. about what greetings I had in 1882. I, hi. <laughs> hello, hello there, good sir. sir. <laughs> 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 oh, what the heck? <laughs> That was random. That was very strange coincidence. <laughs> Hello, chaps. What it is. What it is, good gentlemen. <laughs> Slap me some scr- skin, brother. <laughs> yep. All right, we Damn. can figure that out later. Um, 
But let's dive into the year that was 1882. Um, now, the president of the United States, we had uh, good Sir Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> Ooh, we love What it is, Chester? <laughs> Slap him some skin. Um, Chester? I hardly know her. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving swiftly laughed, on. I love you. <laughs> you didn't? Well. Yeah, I don't like you guys. I laughed. And you didn't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Chester was in from 1881 to 1885, 21st president. Now, he was the vice president under James Garfield, Ooh. who was the 20th president. There you go. Who I think actually got assassinated. Oh. What? <laughs> and then he came, then Chester came in in 1881. Yep. Reincarnated as a cat. Voiced by Bill Murray. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I didn't know we had Bill Murray on the show. <laughs> um, now, I thought this was interesting. I went onto the White House website to find out a bit about Whoa. Chester. Um, is that legal? <laughs> Public website. I was, I was hacking into the whitehouse.com or something. Yeah. You, went, you just went into the White House and got their files out. Yeah, I was yeah. F- flicking through their uh, filing cabinets. <laughs> and I found this description of him, which I thought was funny. He's dignified, tall and handsome with clean shaven chin and side whiskers. <laughs> and apparently, and this is a quote, he looked like a president. Good on him. That's pretty cool. And he was a president. So he just had <laughs> a nice mo. I guess so. And some good good sideburns mm. going on. So the whiskers are the sideburns, not the moustache. Well, yeah, it's, it says side whiskers. <laughs> Must be the sideburns. Or maybe that, it connects that's into like, one. Oh, no. Do you reckon there's no connection? <laughs> there's no connection. It's just full sideburns. <laughs> Nothing in the middle. Oh. <laughs> I hope so. Just from imagination's sake, I hope yeah. so. Because yeah. that's a funny image. Anyway. <sighs> In Australia, um, again, this is pre-Federation, um, but we did have some people in some prominent roles. Um, the boys are just looking up a photo of Chester A. Arthur, I believe. I'm looking up Charles Darwin. Oh, Charles Darwin. Because <laughs> he had exactly what Wilson was talking about. Oh, right. <laughs> the sideburns. Well, <laughs> anyway, I'm not putting that on the Instagram because... Interestingly, he may come up later in this year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway... In Australia, um, <laughs> sorry, man. I keep trying to move on. I, I, should, I should learn to just hold hold it for the a second. The tab is gone. Okay. <laughs> um, now, the governor of New South Wales in 1882 was Lord Augustus Augustus Loftus. Loftus. So that's a pretty juicy name. It's a handful. It's like a Latin name. Yeah, I even struggle to say that. It's just Augustus Loftus. Loftus. Um, and the premier of New South Wales was Henry Parks. Good name. Henry. Yeah. Name. I think he had like five terms as the premier and he's like the longest ever premier of New South Wales. Damn. Wow. So he was just doing stuff. Working hard. Mm. Working hard or hardly working. Gee, <laughs> 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 the jokes this episode are. <laughs> Top tier. <laughs> we'll have like an awkward moment compilation after this. <laughs> oh, It'll oh, just be the geez. whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now <laughs> we're on file. The population of the world hard to, hard to get a number in eighteen eighty two, somewhere around one point four one point five billion. I was so thinking one point five. Well, that does track. You're bang on the money there. Um, so there's a few people around. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> just a couple. Just <laughs> a couple of people doing a couple of things. <laughs> um, now, in terms of uh, people who were put onto the earth, famous birthdays in eighteen eighty two, we had our. Uh, 
Franklin D. Roosevelt. Oh! oh US Prez. Goat. Uh, top of your fave. Yep. Um, we had A.A. Milne, the children's author, oh. who wrote Winnie the Pooh. Legend. Uh. <laughs> the inventor of Pooh Corner. <laughs> <laughs> A.A. Milne. He's actually yeah. my best friend. He just sits there with me and <laughs> reads me a storybook. <laughs> Ew. Yuck. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but yeah, good year for authors. There was Virginia Woolf was born as well. Um, and so was James Joyce, both authors. Damn. Um, Igor Stravinsky was born, the composer. That's a sick name. Uh, and we also had Johannes Wilhelm Hans Geiger. Oh, who, the guy who did the Geiger he, count thing? The guy who did the Geiger. Good on him. He was a co-inventor of the Geiger counter and the Geiger-Marsden experiment, which discovered the atomic nucleus. Damn. Is that Go when Geiger. James Marsden came along and helped him make the... <laughs> with, with Sonic and Hop. And Hop yeah. <laughs> it was a buddy so film. Playing, yeah. <laughs> so I played the drums really quick. He's like the king of live-action movies with a little, <laughs> little, 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 little guy. Animated guy. <laughs> Animated fella. Anyway. Mm. Now, in terms of famous people who passed away, we had the bearded man himself, Charles Darwin. Oh, rest in peace. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. Mm. So he had a good run, but he passed away in 1882. We also had uh, Mary Todd Lincoln, who was the first lady. Oh, yeah. Wife of Abraham. Um, We had uh, (laughs) Sir Henry Cole. Oh. And I don't think you'll know who this guy is. He was a British civil servant and inventor. But apparently, he's credited with creating the idea of sending greeting cards at Christmas. <laughs> That's so. How dumb. do you? Cl- how, do you- <laughs> how does someone claim that? I don't know. Yeah, because what? But how can you judge if someone's done it before? <laughs> no, he invented it. He apparently, came- in 1843, he was the first to do it. What? Nah. <laughs> how dare you take this away from him? <laughs> this is a defining, <laughs> defining moment in his life. That cannot be true. <laughs> his name's Cole. And he's involved with Christmas, so maybe he's a... It's a naughty maybe boy. He, yeah. He's a bad boy. He stopped sending letters to Santa and decided to s- send it to other people because he got coal. This is the coal spiracy. Is there a spiracy? The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sir Henry Cole spiracy. Wow. Anyway, I still think that's kind of cool. That is that cool, is, but I do agree. So it's probably, <laughs> it's probably <laughs> unlikely, but anyway. Um, but one other interesting um, famous death that I found was the death of Jesse James. Oh, that's the the cowboy. That is the infamous American outlaw, cowboy man, leader of the James Younger gang with his brother Frank. Yeah. Now, I just thought this was cool. So they were like robbing banks, robbing stagecoaches, doing all of that stuff, terrorizing the general public. Um, (laughs) Rambunctious. Being a little rambunctious. (laughs) 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 Jumping out from behind. uh, (laughs) Boom. (laughs) But anyway, the, the governor of Missouri, this guy Thomas T. Crittenden, Oh, <laughs> what? Crittenden. Crittenden. He wanted him captured. So apparently he couldn't put out this like big reward, but there was this $5,000 bounty for Jesse James's delivery uh, and an additional 5000 Yeah, it sounds like quite a lot, like for yeah. 1882. Now, in this year, he was shot and killed by Robert Ford, who was a new recruit to his own gang who oh, hoped damn. to like get the reward money and get a promised amnesty for his previous crimes. Snake. I know. So it's pretty grisly. Apparently, like, he shot him in the back of the head or something. It was a bit, a little bit nasty. But um, after that all happened, the this guy, Robert Ford, and his brother, they surrendered to the authorities, and then they got charged with first-degree murder. 
So they were like, oh, damn. Um, <laughs> but apparently in the course of one day, they were indicted, pleaded guilty, were sentenced to death by hanging, and then were granted a full pardon Why? by this guy, Governor Crittenden. Because he told them to. Essentially, yeah. Huh. And then all the, like, the people were going, hang on, why has this all happened so quickly? Like, it looks like you, Governor Crittenden, were involved in this and essentially told them to murder Jesse James. And so it just increased right. his notoriety. Um, and the, the Robert Ford and his brother only got a little bit of the reward anyway. So, like, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Poor Robert. But now Jesse James is a legendary figure of the Wild West. He is. It's pretty wild. That is, yeah. It's pretty west <laughs> as well. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting. Will Smith would be mm. proud. Um, yeah. <laughs> He'd probably smack him. <laughs> Pro- probably. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh. Alrighty. What an episode. Now for some films. <laughs> I'm trying to drive this thing forward. <laughs> You're a bit sleepy today. Sleep- no. Sleepy Wilson. That was us last week. We're yeah. better this week. We are. Um, in terms of some famous movies, nothing. Shock. I mean, the first motion pictures were kind of coming out around 1888. That's not 1882, so is it? This is not, yeah, it's not 1882. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so I thought I'd just vary this category a little bit and talk about some films that were set in 1882. Oh. Huh. Now, we do have The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Yeah. Which was released in 2007. I think it has. Is that Coen Brothers? No. No. My bad. Yeah. Um, we had A Million Ways to Die in the West. Wow. 2014 <laughs> movie. <laughs> I think Seth MacFarlane, that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, set in 1882. Oh, random. We had um, Tom and Jerry, Cowboy Up. <laughs> <laughs> How old must Tom and Jerry be? Well, that, this, that was released last year, 2022. So there are. <laughs> mm, wow. Ancient. About 140 years old, <laughs> at least. Yikes. <laughs> um. And interestingly, there was Sherlock Holmes, 2010. Not to be confused with the RDJ Sherlock Holmes from 2009. What? Huh? Yeah, so it's it's also known as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. It came out in 2010. On IMDb, it's listed as a video. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like a feature-length film. And I was a little bit curious and I had a look into it. And apparently, like, key plot points are there are giant octopus attacks and dinosaurs and there is a robot to dragon at one point in this film. Film review coming soon. Damn. <laughs> That's kind of sick. I don't remember that being in any Sherlock no. Holmes stories. What's going on there? Yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle, he wrote that himself after his death. <laughs> after his death. <laughs> I'm a little bit sad that that one isn't as popular as the yeah, Robert what? Downey Jr. one because it sounds, sounds kind of wild. It's only got 3.4 out of 10 though. Rip, who's in it? No one that I knew. Ben Sider. Oh, yeah, my, my boy. Mm, the classic Ben. <laughs> That's so weird. Chris Coxon. That's cool. Go, Chris. Um, we got Reporter. No, which That's one? the name? Or? Reporter, oh, that's a character. Reporter, <laughs> reporter one, two, or three. We got a guy called Tom Tomes Jones. <laughs> Tomes Jones. <laughs> anyway, on to the next. Isn't one. that just selling this film to you? Tomes oh. Jones. Anyway, if you want to see like a and, uh, murder mystery with sorry, dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Laith Jalzy. <laughs> <laughs> who, who does Laith play? Sailor Smith. Ah. All right. Classic role. <laughs> I'm all Sherlocked out. 
All right. Yeah, we might have a look at that if we can find it anywhere. Now, in terms of songs, music, there was a, there was a decent amount going on and I found a couple sort of popular songs and a couple classical kind of tunes. We're going to start with uh, the classic Walter Greenaway and Vincent Davies tune, Bar Bar Bar. <laughs> classic tune. <laughs> Great tune. Uh, we also had by Charles A. White, the band Quartet. That was the name of the song. What? Um, there's one, there's, uh, there was a comic opera released this year called Eolanthe or The Pier and the Perry. I hope I pronounced that right. Whoa. By Gilbert and Sullivan. It's first performed Gilbert? this year, 1882. Wow. And one of the songs in that opera is called, I think, Bow Bow Ye Lower Middle Classes. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's like a dig. <laughs> yeah. This track is pretty brutal, <laughs> um, but I guess it, it was it was a comic opera, so I'm assuming it was like a satire. Of, yeah, right. But anyway, apparently that was just pumping on the radio. Bow, bow. So, <laughs> on yeah, the yeah. radio, <laughs> definitely. It's like no, the cup on a string. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we also had uh, the Voices of Spring by Johann Strauss. It's uh, kind of a sick name, though. Yeah, he was actually the second, so there was a previous oh Johann. Goodness. Um, we had Hans Huber's Symphony Number no. One or the Symphony of Wilhelm Tell. Um, oh, I knew that one. Mm. It's a classic. <laughs> and uh, on August 20th, Tchaikovsky's 1812 overture debuts in Moscow. What? Couple couple years late, but. 1812. I know, he just had it on the back burner. <laughs> it's, uh, it's finally he ready. Was, he was cooking that thing up. <laughs> well, it was composed in 1880, and this was its premiere. And oh. apparently it premiered in a tent. What? And it was near the, at the time unfinished, Cathedral of Christ the Saviour in Moscow. Damn. So they were just in a tent. Um, <laughs> in a tent, listen to some absolute tracks. Oh, yeah. Only real fans. <laughs> they just like put out Exclusive a... It's a bit underground. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. sent a, a bird out and it just like... <laughs> just pooed on people. If you got pooed on, you could go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ticket. Yeah. But classic, you know, 1812 is famously known for having artillery included in the instrumentation. Yeah, wow. Especially a battery of cannons. Whoa. Damn. So I don't, they're just in a tent, just firing off cannons. <laughs> just. <laughs> but apparently sometimes the cannons are replaced by howitzers and tanks. What? Or, or like fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Sick. I kind of like that though, writing fireworks yeah. into your songs. That's, <laughs> That's like, kind of cool. It can only be performed with fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Pretty big year for music. It's going crazy. 1812 and ba ba ba. Ba ba ba. Bow bow. <laughs> you <laughs> middle classman. Ba 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 is like a classic tune, I reckon. Is it a sheep song or just. I, I mean, it's got to be, right? I don't bah. know. Ba. It's just that. Thing, <laughs> it's just that. Yeah. Ba. <laughs> ba. <laughs> you forgot the third bar. Oh, my bad. It man. comes after the drop. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> All right. The strings come in. Moving along. And the fireworks come in. Oh, oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the cannons. Now, for some famous books. We had uh, Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Wow. Is that a Disney movie? Uh, I don't think they're related. Treasure <laughs> uh, hey, dude. The only time I ever watched Planet. that was when I had a, like a concussion or something when I was like four. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder it didn't stick. Yeah. Uh, he also had <laughs> the New Arabian Nights 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Thomas Hardy had two on a tower. Mark Twain had the Prince and the Pauper. And I had to include this just because I thought the name was too good. There was The Power of the Land by Gleb Uspensky. <laughs> Gleb. Gleb. <laughs> That's just a made-up name. <laughs> well, I'm all names. names. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's so deep. Gleb Uspensky. <laughs> Gleb. <laughs> Pretty cool. cool. Name, we should bring that one back. two Bs or just one? In Gleb. G-L-E-B. G-L-E-B. Oh, it's Gleb. Oh. Gleb. Gleb. Not just Gleb. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all Glebs listening to us. <laughs> I wonder how many Glebs are in the world currently. Surely we can There's find There's got to be at least one. <laughs> we'll get back to you guys. On yeah, that. yeah, we'll figure that out. That can be the, an update at the end. Um, now, again, Nobel Peace Prizes were not around, so there were... None. No one getting recognised for being peaceful this year. There was no peace this year, actually. Yeah. Um, Everyone was really grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> Gleb couldn't clutch up. <laughs> Just be nice for once. <laughs> Gleb was an angry man. Once in his life. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got some famous quotes. Um, the first one by Benjamin Brewster. <laughs> is uh, The original in, Brewster. The original, the OG Brewster. He said, in theory, there is no difference between theory and practice. But in practice, there is. That's deep. Could you say that again? In theory, there is no difference between theory and practice. In practice, there is. Damn. So take take that how you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's going to stick with me. I'm sure there's layers to that. Yeah. I'm going to ask you tomorrow if you remember that. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'll say I'm loquacious. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. And one other quote. This is from uh, the book The Gay Science, which was released this year by Nietzsche. Oh, yeah. Um. And the quote is, God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him. That isn't, I feel like that's a fairly, I feel like I've heard that before. Mm. It's, reason, it's reasonably famous. Yeah. And the, the, apparently the meaning of this statement, according to Nietzsche, is like the belief in the Christian God has become unbelievable and everything that was built upon that faith and like grown up into that faith, including quoting the whole European morality, is bound to yeah. then kind of fall apart. Hmm. Which interestingly led to this, um, the death of God theology, which was the development of like ideas trying to understand rises in secularity and abandonment of traditional Christian beliefs, which was kind of big in like the 50s and 60s, but then kind of dropped off in the 70s. Damn. So yeah. He cooked. Thought that was interesting. <laughs> I would chuck that in there. <laughs> they he let cooked. him cook. <laughs> in 1882. <laughs> Weird, weird name. Mm. Now for some some inventions. Oh, there's some interesting ones. Oh, I think they're interesting. The first one I included just because I thought it was too funny not to pass up, and <laughs> I don't have any more information on it other than on the third of April, uh, a, a wood block alarm clock was invented, <laughs> where when the alarm rang, <laughs> it dropped blocks of wood onto you. <laughs> <laughs> So like blocks of wood would fall onto your face. I thought it would just be like a little good like a tapping of a wood block. No. You would think that, but no, it just drops wood onto you. Good I mean, alarm. that's effective. Oh, that'd wake you up for sure. Yeah. It's like a home alone trap. But every day. Yeah. <laughs> How would your nose be? Oh, just flat. Busted. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, and you've got to put the blocks back up. Oh, that's so demoralizing. Yeah. Yeah. It hits you in the stomach. It's like, oh, 
You just have to just put it back up. Knowing they're going to fall on you the next yeah. day. Like, yeah. Until tomorrow. <laughs> and then, yeah. Okay. Uh, in January, uh, the Holborn Viaduct power station in London became the world's first coal-fired public electricity generating station. Whoa. My word. And that's a little bit of a mouthful. But it burnt coal to drive this steam engine, which powered like a generator, which produced current at 110 volts, apparently. And it initially, initially lit 968 uh, incandescent lamps to provide street lighting in London, um, which later grew a little bit. Um, wow. That's yeah, pretty just cool. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Today I went, we'll just add a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, apparently it closed down in 1886 because it was just running at a loss and the lamps just changed back to gas powered. Dude, ah. that was my year. 1886. Oh, what? Why didn't you talk about it? Yeah. This is a huge moment. <laughs> the lamps. Not really. <laughs> the lamps went back to gas. Um, but then curiously, like the same year in the US, Thomas Edison like starts the first commercial electrical power plant, um, which was, li- again, like lighting streets in Manhattan, um, which is considered as the day that the electrical age began. Whoa. 1882. That's pretty crazy. So lots of electrical things happening this year. Um, around March, we had uh, Etienne Jules Marais. Now they invented a chronophotographic gun, which is capable of photographing 12 consecutive frames per second onto the same plate. What? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's an ancestor of the movie camera, essentially. <laughs> oh. But the, the look and, like, the functioning of this thing is, a gun. is just... A gun. And so <laughs> it has like a grip. It's got like a barrel. It's got like a drum attached to it, which kind of was where the photos get captured. Whoa. Um, but it, yeah, doesn't shoot bullets. It's like photographic plates. That's crazy. Maybe we'll put a photo up of it because. How, does, how do those things work? That's insane. Off of photos. Yeah. It like. There you go. Gets an, like, it captures the light and like it burns onto the. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. But that is literally like a shotgun. Yeah, that is a shotgun. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, making it look like a gun. I mean, it looks yeah. like it's just made off a gun. Taking it's photos like, of people would be a bit awkward, no? Yeah, just <laughs> smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what sound would it make? Just like a... Or... <gasps> a vine. Boom. <laughs> so anyway, the photo gun got invented. And it's kind of cool. Um, Bring it back, I say. I reckon, yeah. I don't <laughs> use my phone boy. anymore. Yeah. I just want to get a gun out. <laughs> Keep it in a holster or something. <laughs> yeah, no. Now in April, uh, Werner von Siemens demonstrated his electromote, which is the, <laughs> the first form of public trolley bus. Oh. Or like tram kind of vibe. So it was like a little coach that was powered by electricity. They were loving electricity. They were frothing it. Um, <laughs> there was like cables up above the road and there was like a little thing a little thing called a contact car or a contact wagon in German. This is from Berlin. Um, that ran along the power lines. Um, and contact wagon is later named trolley. And now you have like trams and trolleys. Wow. Public. That's pretty cool. What was the guy's name that invented that? I don't know if I want to say it again. <laughs> What's the last name? <laughs> Maybe it just like went right out of my head. I don't want to get, I don't want to get the pronunciation wrong, but his name, I think the pronunciation is Werner von Siemens. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, I was just curious. 
Same. <laughs> anyway, shout out to them. Um, shout out to Werner. Yeah. He's going crazy. Going crazy. Helping the public out with his trolley bus. Legends getting lit by electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Thomas Edison were like best friends. <laughs> what it is, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> Slap me some skin, Werner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. June 6th. Henry Seeley patents the electric clothes iron. Damn. Mm. Uh. Apparently it weighed almost 15 pounds, which is just under <laughs> seven kilos. <laughs> what? <laughs> and That's a took, weapon. took a long time to heat, which I'm not <laughs> surprised by. <laughs> but apparently before this, people were just using like containers filled with burning things or like a big piece of metal, which they could just heat up to like iron clothes. What? That makes sense. Um, I mean, that's kind of what an iron is. Pretty much, yeah. But like, yeah, but what do you mean putting it in a, th- a box of hot things? Like they had like a, probably like a metal container, which they'd put in like a burning substance so like oh. to heat the inside, which would then heat the outside. And then just lie it on top of And then they just like, yeah, move it around on top of the things. <laughs> they don't just like get their toaster, get their oven, chuck them in a box and then <laughs> <laughs> just turn them all on. No, I don't think so. That's what I pictured. But you couldn't control like the temperature on these things. So just boiling hot. Yeah, it was just hot. Gosh. So <laughs> don't burn the shirt. Yeah, you gotta be quick. It's <laughs> just a that's a weapon. And like just a, a, a metal block that just yeah, gets really just hot. hot. <laughs> like why would you want to touch that? <laughs> yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do in eighteen eighty two. Damn, that's facts. Mm. Add that to the famous quotes of the year. <laughs> You gotta do what Same you gotta do. Same as ba ba ba. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I, there was ba ba rebob. Sometime, I, we talked about that. Okay. Maybe that's the secret to a hit song. Ba ba. Calling it ba. Ba something. B a h. That's it. Ba ba. All right, I got one more invention. Uh, it's an interesting one. The American electrical engineer Skylar Wheeler. Skylar. Pretty cool name. Uh, produces an electric fan. Whoa. Oh, whoa. It placed two bladed propellers onto a shaft of an electric motor and it was later known as the buzz fan. Um, I'm assuming it made a buzzing noise. I think it might have. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy Wheeler was, he was inventing other stuff. He, he made a patent for the electric fire engine system in this year as well. Wow. Damn. Which I think was still like drawn by horse and cart, but like all the <laughs> operations of the... <laughs> the hoses and all of that was the electrical. horses are just going. <laughs> <laughs> They're just screaming at the top of their lungs. Well, that'd get your attention, wouldn't it? Yeah, the horse was screaming. <laughs> it'd get your throat. Gosh. <laughs> mm. Okay, <laughs> moving on to a little bit of a uh, little bit of science. Oh, now on the sixth of December, a very rare event occurred. <gasps> very rare. Uh, there was a transit of Venus across the disk of the sun. Now, this was visible from Australia and lots of scientific people came from around the world to, to Australia to witness this thing. And essentially it's where, yeah, Venus kind of passes in front of the sun and you can see it moving in front of the sun. Wow. It's like a tiny little black dot essentially. <laughs> but they are historically of great scientific importance because they were used to gain the first realistic estimates of like the size of the solar system. Oh. So there was one in 1882 there was one in 1874, like eight years before. And then the next one was in 2004. What? Venus Whoa. just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Venus just didn't it come back. It just peaced out. <laughs> um, just for a few years. 
<laughs> yeah. So there was one in 2012 and that was the last one of the 21st century. The next one will be on the, apparently, I don't know how they know so specifically, the 10th to 11th of December in 2117. Damn. Well, I won't be alive. <laughs> no, neither will I. <laughs> and then after that, 2125. What, so what? it looks like, like they have really like close together the and then really far. Yeah, there's an eight year and then there's like a big yeah. gap. Well, then where was the one after eight years from 2012? Oh, it was 2004 and 2012. Oh, right. And then oh, okay, my bad. took a long lunch break. That's Venus. so weird. I thought it'd come back for one more go and then peace out. Go Venus. So anyway, that's kind of cool. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Now, also, the Great Comet of 1882 oh, um, no. <laughs> was around, was flying about. Now, David Gill, who was Her Majesty's astronomer, <laughs> pretty sick title. <laughs> That's a sick title. <laughs> apparently saw the comet rising just before the sun and described it as, and I quote here, the nucleus was then undoubtedly single and certainly rather under than over four inches in diameter. In fact, as I have described it, it resembled very much a star of the first magnitude seen by daylight. End quote. What does any of that mean? I don't know. <laughs> but apparently it was just a really bright comet that was just around in 1882 flying about. You could see it during the day. That's, That's weird. That's pretty cool, actually. So it's just chilling. Yeah. Huh. I, don't know, I don't know why. Yeah. Very strange. And one more quick thing for the science. And this may be really hard to explain, I do acknowledge. So <laughs> listeners, you may need to search up a photo because Let's I might ready. butcher this. But this guy called Felix Klein first describes the Klein bottle. Is it just a drink bottle? <laughs> it's just Wilson's giant drink it's just bottle. giant metal bottle. No, it's this really <laughs> odd shape. And again, I encourage you to look it up. Maybe we'll put it on the Instagram. But it's an example of a non-orientable surface. So it's a one-sided surface. Oh, yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like an infinity-looking bottle where if, you, if you're on one side and you kind of travel around it, you get back to the point where you started, but you're upside down. I think that's... Yeah. Apparently, like... It like shouldn't exist in in the third dimension. Apparently, I've yeah. heard something about like it shouldn't. It only like feasibly works in the fourth dimension. Mm, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Doesn't make any sense. So it's kind of like a Mobius strip for people who know yeah. that. Except that has apparently has boundaries, and a Klein bottle has no boundaries because it's this like three D smooth yeah. shape. Yeah, that's trippy. It like goes inside itself and then yeah, outside. Mm. It like it goes up. And then around and then like it wraps still, into like it's it's always open but it's always closed. Yeah. yeah. What yeah, it's so strange. That is bizarre. So that they described that in eighteen eighty two. That is such a weird photo. What does it say? It's just a, a guy holding the Klein bottle and it's like a a poster from what looks like nineteen sixty and says, No, a responsible adult says no to non orientable shapes. <laughs> Damn right. It's just a guy with his hand out. Maybe that's the Instagram photo. Yeah. All right. Let's have a little look. Oh, yes. I like that. All right. We'll pop that up there. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Oh, it was a bottle that opener. That is pretty cool. Like mm. the Klein bottle bottle opener. Oh, gosh. A Klein bottle opener. Oh, my We're goodness. breaking the, you just have the to third break dimension. It. Yeah. We just entered the, yeah. What the Klein a, dimension. Oh, there's a video when oh you gosh. search up images for the Klein bottle called what does a 4D Klein bottle look like? And it looks even more confusing. We'll do some homework yeah. after this episode maybe. Yes. We'll, under, we'll understand we'll the We'll do a Klein spotlight bottle. episode. On the Klein bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no. We'll have to get someone way smarter than us to do that. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, changing tack a little bit, we're going to some sport news. Oh. Uh, now on September 5th, the Tottenham Hotspurs are founded in London. Lovely. They're originally known as Hotspur FC. Nice. So Sick name. It's pretty cool. Uh, in July, Tony Mullane becomes the first uh, ambidextrous pitcher in Major League Baseball. That is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So apparently no one had ever done it before, and in the fourth innings, he was pitching with his right hand and then went, you know what, I'm just going to pitch with my left. <laughs> no curveball. Just wasn't working for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to, just to shake it up a little bit. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. Now, in February, the first test match was played at the SCG. That's pretty cool. 1882. That's a long time ago. So long ago. Who won? <laughs> you just know what happened. Just, they, they were playing. They do be playing. That's all I know. Um, I think it was, I'm assuming it was Australia and England. Yeah, pro- probably. I don't, I'm assuming England won, <laughs> to be honest. We're doing a quick little Google search. Um, I'm so confused. Okay. <laughs> I've searched up 18-2 SCG cricket match. Yep. Location, England. That's just not true. That's just not <laughs> oh, where the SCG boy. is. But Australia won. But yeah, Australia oh, okay. won. Nice. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, and I I have another fact that I think is very interesting and I'm going to tell it. I'm going to really draw this one out okay. to raise a bit of suspense. <laughs> um, there'll be some clues scattered throughout. So you might be able to guess where I'm going. What? But Does I, it involve speed and or people falling? It doesn't actually. The Klein bottle? It doesn't Someone involve the Klein bottle. Up <laughs> falling <laughs> netly. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find any speed... Um, things this year, so I do apologise. That's okay. That's it wouldn't have been very fast. I don't no. Know. Would have been but like, I reckon five metres, kilometres, <laughs> miles. You'll never know. <laughs> you will never know what I meant. Okay. It's, sta- <laughs> it's staying on a, on a cricketing theme. Oh, yeah. So in August, we're at the Oval in London. Ooh. And the Australian cricket team beats England for the first time in a test match. Ever? Apparently. Whoa. So this is the ninth test between the two countries, and apparently it was really low scoring. Like, right. nothing was really happening. In the first innings for Australia, we made 63. Damn. So it's not great. England come in, knock up 101. So they're a little bit ahead. Now, Australia's second innings, Hugh Massey gets in there. Great, Goat. great innings of 55 for him. So we, we end up with 122 in the second innings. So England need 85 to win. <laughs> Not hard. <laughs> Not a lot of runs. <laughs> Apparently Australia was greatly demoralised. Oh, no. But uh, enter Fred Spofforth, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. the Demon Bowler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he's Australian fast bowler, the Demon Bowler. Gosh. Um, apparently he refused to give in and he said these inspiring words. He said, <gasps> boys... This thing can be done. <laughs> yes, it can. It can Thank be you, done. Demon bowler. Spofforth goes in, absolutely <laughs> devastates <laughs> the English batting order. Um, England, eight runs short. <laughs> Australia gets the dub. Damn. Fred Spofforth comes away with figures 14, 14 wickets, 90. Oh, wow. So he got seven, seven wickets wow. in each innings. Damn. What a pretty, boss. pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> he Not cleaned as good up. As, uh, Ryan Thomas's scores in uh, 
in grade cricket. Fun oh. fact. Who is Ryan Thomas? Your brother. Oh. Yeah. Oh, him. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. The story continues. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Apparently, everyone's just shocked at the ground because Australia's actually won. They look at the ground and they're like, <gasps> the ground. <laughs> um and then apparently everyone just stormed onto the field. Everyone was just <laughs> stoked. Everyone was just so, so excited. And like in the next few days in the, the newspaper, the Sporting Times, there's a mock obituary that gets put in for the death of English cricket. Because they're so sad. Because <laughs> they're like, we've lost to Australia. It's the death of cricket. Um, and I'll read it for you here, actually. In affectionate remembrance of English cricket, which died at the Oval on 29th of <laughs> August, 1882, <laughs> deeply lamented by a large circle of sorrowing friends and acquaintances. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> They're not sore losers at all. Not at all. They but <sighs> there was an interesting note on the obituary. The it says this. Note, the body will be cremated and the ashes <gasps> taken to Australia. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen. The birth of the ashes. The birth of the ashes. Wow. Goosebumps. <laughs> How good. Yeah. I thought that was so crazy. That's such a cool line as well. The body will be burned. And the ashes yeah. taken to Australia. Ooh. Now, at the end of this year, there was 1882-1883, like England tour to Australia for cricket. Um, and the captain, his name was Ivo Bly. <laughs> kind of a fun name. Ivo. Ivo. How do you spell Bly? B-L-I-G-H. Um, it's not a normal spelling of Bly. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was like, we're going to go and recover those ashes. Wow. Of like the death of cricket. So the ashes was born off England, English people being sore losers. Pretty much. That's fun. They were like, cricket's dead. So dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, That's so cool though. Yeah. And then the term the ashes apparently really dropped off. Like no one oh. really used it. And Until then, like, today. Off. Yeah. Now it's like huge. Yeah, um, and I also thought it was interesting in that eighteen eighty two eighty three test series they played four matches when they usually do three, uh, and England won two one in the first three, and then the fourth one was played in Australia won, but apparently it's disputed as to its uh, oh its uh, significance perhaps <laughs> I think just because they were a bit butter. <laughs> um, oh, that must have been the one at the SCG then. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I think it might have been a different one. Who knows? Anyway. But yeah, so the Ashes was created. I, I hope that was interesting. That was a lot about that cricket, cool. actually. Yeah, that was pretty um, cool. And the urn, you know the urn, like with the ashes? Yeah. Apparently it was created by this lady, Janet Lady Clark. Janet Lady Clark. I think Lady is either her middle name or... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Janet. And it was presented to Ivo Bly. Oh. Who actually, I realise this, changed their name to Lord Darnley. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Not as cool as Ivo Bly. Yeah. Ivo Bly is pretty cool. Lord Darnley. But it was presented to them as a gift, um, as like an impromptu gift. And now it's become like the this massive thing. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah. Who was the gift given to? The Ivo. captain of the Ivo. English cricket team, but Ivo. Didn't they lose? Or did they win? Well, they won the, they the won test series. Oh, right. Afterwards. So anyway. Damn. That's such Thanks really for coming with me on that long, <laughs> long journey into that. That's pretty great. Do we know what's in the urn? Uh, apparently, it's uh, the ashes of some of the bales uh, used in one of those test matches. That is Which, again, is so dramatic. Do they, is the urn they use, like, in photos now the, the same one or do they have, like, a replica one? It's got to be a replica. Yeah. There is one that is... I know there is definitely one that, like, still exists somewhere. 
but I'm assuming like the one that they all have photos with is is no, not. That cannot yeah. be. Yeah. 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 Champagne's lid, going it? flying. He has a little cork. <laughs> it's tiny. It's like this big. Isn't the real one a lot bigger though? No. No, the, the, the oh. thing is tiny. Yeah, my brother had a a, a replica. A real one. It's tiny. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, it's That's tiny. That's after he it's got his, his, his bowling score of like six wickets off two runs or something. <laughs> we'll talk about that when that year comes up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring him on and he can yeah. share. Okay, moving on to some, uh, some, some food updates. Oh, yeah. And this is very reminiscent, I realise, of the uh, some oranges getting <gasps> delivered. Oh, my goodness. But the first shipment of frozen meat <laughs> left uh, Port Chalmers in New Zealand for Britain aboard the SS Dunedin. How did it go from New Zealand to Britain? On Was it on trains, you say? No, I think it's a boat. Oh, sorry, you said shipment. boat. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, that was my bad. That was just not trainment. Trainment. I wonder if it was still <laughs> frozen by the time it got there. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Got to out. Maybe they had a, 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 a chili bin to put it in. Okay, because like chili bin's New Zealand. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a boat like ride from New Zealand to England in like 1882. A boat ride. <laughs> a boat ride <laughs> would take so long. Yeah, that would take like months. Yeah, got to be right. Probably months. Oh well, I, I'm sure if they salted the meat, it'd be all right. You might get your scurvy or something, but <laughs> damn, she got that good. <laughs> she got that meat. <laughs> All right. Um, now this next one, I I'm not sure if it happened, but I'm going to mention it anyway because I thought it was kind of cool. Um, the Swiss flower manufacturer Julius Maggie, M A G G I. Yeah. Is that ringing any bells, anyone? Nope. Um, <laughs> begins commercial production of the first bouillon cubes or dehydrated stock cubes. Oh wow! Like a, an uh, a piece of ice, but it's not ice; it's stock. It's like powder, yeah. Um, and it was so that like people who were poorer had a cheap method of making nutritious soup. Wow! But I think this is the very same like Maggie noodles. Oh, what? I think it could be oh, the same, like Maggie noodle snacks. Yeah, by Maggie. Yeah, so. We, we're not we'll never know. Now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. But I thought that was interesting. Anyway, um, in Bendigo, the, the Cohen Brothers Victoria Brewery becomes the first brewery to brew lager in Australia. Oh, wow. Mm. Beers, nice. Uh, Beers. And in, uh, in March in New York City, there was a department store that gave the very first pancake making demonstration. <laughs> It was the first official US pancake making day on I record. Wish I was there. That's awesome. So March 25, that's pancake making day apparently. I've got a because fun fact. That. Please. Back to the the Dunedin, the the, the ship. SS. Yeah, yeah. Um so it was the first successful ship to with meat on board from New Zealand. Mm. Uh and ap- apparently the refrigeration machine lit the sails on fire twice because <laughs> it's like a compressed air oh, container. And, yeah, the air in the cargo hold wasn't circulating and the captain of the ship crawled into the hold to cut holes and in the thing and he near- nearly froze himself to death. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, and the, ju- the journey was, it was three months. Three months? Yep. Because wow. there were, yeah, no meat in Britain, apparently. No How? meat in the whole of Britain. Oh, no, there was, but, like, people weren't eating enough of it or something. Oh, okay. 
and they and wanted to eat fancy New meat. New Zealand so had too much meat. Fancy. It's imported. It's immediately fancy. Yeah, that's fair. That's so weird. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that fact. That no worries. <clears throat> that is bizarre. Okay. I've just got a couple more things and then uh, this year we'll, we'll come to a close. Um, now in February the 3rd, American showman, the greatest showman, P.T. <gasps> Barnum, what? Um, acquires the elephant Jumbo from the London Zoo. Wow. Acquire. Acquired mm. the elephant by cash. some means. Um, and this an elephant's name actually spawned the common word Jumbo, meaning large. Big. Wow. Wow. With examples like the jumbo jet, jumbo shrimp, <laughs> and, and the jumbo tron. Oh, jumbo shrimp. They're the three examples it gave me. I don't How know. Big what, is a jumbo me one of them. Got to be pretty jumbo. Pretty big. I don't doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this elephant was pretty big. Apparently, it was around like 3.23 meters tall. Damn. But apparently, he said it was four meters tall, apparently. Barnum said it was that tall. <laughs> so a hyperbole. It could be uh, he's yeah. the greatest showman. So stretching Lord of the, the Rings. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? The Ollie Fonts. Mm. Yes, the massive elephants. I want Jumbo fans. Jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Peter. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a new, new cut of uh, Lord of the Rings. It's the Jumbo fans. <laughs> <laughs> it just has Samwise face going. It just it, it, like he's mouthing Ollie Fonts. This is the Jumbo fans. <laughs> Like one, of, yeah, the dubs of the old like <laughs> martial arts movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, quick one. Second of March, uh, Roderick McLean fails an attempt to assassinate Queen Victoria. I'm guessing he got like destroyed for that. I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, th- apparently, this was the last of eight attempts to kill what? or assault Queen Victoria over the period of four decades. Eight attempts. Whoa. Damn. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how true this is, but apparently the motive was uh, that she gave him a curt reply to some poetry that he had mailed to her. <laughs> By not replying. I mean, she still replied. <laughs> yeah. How did she reply? It must how have just it? been a, oh, yeah, this is it right. <laughs> this is kind of And chill. then he tried to shoot her. <laughs> she writes back, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Good, sir. This, this sucks. Good Roderick. <laughs> <laughs> this poem sucks. <laughs> then he's like, damn it. I'm going to shoot her. <laughs> I need my revenge. So anyway, yeah, apparently he tried the defense of like insanity and I don't know how that went for him, but. <laughs> well, well, self-roast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Illegal I'm self-roast. <laughs> <laughs> My poem was good. My mom told me it was good. <laughs> Sorry, Roderick. Well, no, actually. Screw you, man. <laughs> he also bullied Greg carefully. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't apologise to True. Roderick rules, they say. Not this one, but... Some Rodericks do rule. Agreed. Not mm. the ones that write poetry, though. They're <laughs> dorks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, to bring the vibe down, <laughs> potentially <laughs> even further. <laughs> yeah. um, between July and September, there was the Anglo-Egyptian War. Whoa. Damn. Uh, which was a war between Egyptian and Sudanese forces and the UK. Um, and I think it started because there was... Grievances over like pay disparities between Egyptians and Europeans and Britain and France were sort of in control of all the finances going on in Egypt. Uh, And so there was a revolt that started in 1882 um, 
by a guy called Ahmed Urabi, which was the Urabi Revolution. Uh, and a little bit later, yeah, May, well, in May there was all these warships going around and lots of unrest. Um, ultimatums were not reached and the warships started bombing various regions. Wow. Um, but then, yeah, it, it didn't last that long. In September it all sort of wrapped up in a crushing defeat, according for the Egyptians. Um, and the a Prime Minister of England at the time, um, Gladstone, apparently sought to get this guy Urabi on trial and execute him. He was like, Whoa. get rid of him. Um, but they didn't have enough evidence to like demonise him, apparently, the way that they wanted to. And so he essentially got sent into exile. What? Napoleon style. Yeah. That's crazy. It's kind of nuts. Um, Even but yeah, they couldn't kill convict him. convict him. They just went see her. Go to Bikini Atoll, pal. <laughs> Spend the rest of your days. <laughs> have a little sponge man comes up to you. Don't be surprised. Do not, do not be shocked. <laughs> he just hears like a... <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> what it is. <clears throat> oh. You want a Krabby Patty? <laughs> and then... Nukes just start then, landing there yeah. <laughs> 60 years later. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that happened. Quite a few people died, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't too long. It was kind of a short and sharp conflict there. Yeah. Damn. All right, a couple more. In, uh, in August, the Married Women's Property Act of 1882 receives royal assent in Britain. Whoa. Comes into play. Uh, it enables women to buy, own, and sell property and keep their own earnings. Good to hear. Pretty huge. Good. Because, I mean, yeah, up to this, women were considered subordinate. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they got married, a lot of their property, well, all of their property just goes to the husband because they become like one entity. And the husband was considered the the head of all of that sort of stuff, um, which was pretty bad. But good that it happened. That they Good that this act happened. (laughs) Okay, good. Let's (laughs) clarify that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so... Yeah, it gave women the rights to yeah, own, buy, sell their own property. They got their own legal identities. Um, they could sue people. They could be sued. Um, they were liable for debts. Um, they could hold their own stock. Lots of great stuff. So that's pretty go, cool. Go women. Go women. Mm. Nice. A big win there. Big win for this year. Uh, and last but <laughs> certainly maybe least, um, <laughs> December 22nd, we're getting a little Christmassy, and our good friend Thomas Edison – and his good friend, Edward Johnson, created the first string of Christmas lights. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Go, Thomas. That's so cute. Yeah. So this guy, Edward. Getting was, all festive. I know. They were just getting in the spirit. And that coal guy was writing some letters. <laughs> oh, great year for Christmas. <laughs> My mom told me it was good. <laughs> Santa, I hate you. <laughs> he got a curt reply to his, uh, his letter writing. Um <laughs> Santa yeah. just said no <laughs> to everything you wanted. You can't get Christmas lights. Damn. I well, mean, Thomas Edison said nay. Said no Father to Thomas. <laughs> so apparently before electric Christmas lights, families would have candles to light up Christmas trees. What? Bit of a no-no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Led to many houses catching fire. Sure. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. So this is a bit. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> a long time coming, perhaps. But this guy, Edward Johnson, hand-wired 80 red, white, and blue light bulbs and wound the walnut-sized bulbs around his Christmas tree. Go and on. apparently the tree was, yeah, illuminated with electricity, but it also revolved. What? What? So My tree doesn't even revolve. I know. Bring back <laughs> the revolving Christmas tree. Because then you can see the baubles on the, the other side. Yeah, like, true. The other side's always neglected. There's just like there's nothing, nothing there. there. Yeah, you put the ones <laughs> you don't like on the back. Yeah, That's where you put the actual candles. Yeah, and you can burn the house down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's Topia does not endorse putting the actual <laughs> candles near any trees. No. Um, boom. 1882. <laughs> boom. In a nutshell. Damn. In a, a walnut? A walnut-sized bulb, <laughs> some may say. Wow, that is the year of electricity. A huge year for electricity. And outlaws and funny yeah. names. And mm. cricket. And failed assassinations. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sway you too early. But it's definitely a year. It's a year. Yeah. That will go on the tier. Nothing like crazy, I don't know, like recognisable, but there's things that are just like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah. And that you could trace it back to that is pretty cool. Like greeting cards. Yeah. And Christmas lights. Yeah. And the ashes. Yeah. What do you think, Wilson? <sighs> I'm thinking, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely see somewhere. It's just like a fun fact here. Yeah. I reckon, hmm. I honestly think this could go at the top of C. You reckon? I think it's better than Josh Slocum. The solo circumnavigation. In 1898. The guy who couldn't swim. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad's drink was renamed Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. So that would put it at number 10. I feel like that's way too high. Yeah, maybe it is. No, <laughs> it could go in between 1886 and 1905. Yeah. That's in between Arsenal starting and the first trainload of oranges. And 1905 is the Wright Flyer 3. And Albert Einstein's miracle year and the world's largest dimod. That is a dimod. <laughs> That's what it says. Yeah. yeah, it says dimod. So that will put it at number 13. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I feel Lock spiteful. I just want to put you in the dungeon. No, not the dungeon. <laughs> I think it could be above 1886, to be honest. Are you saying it's worse than Detective Comics getting started and the walkie-talkie getting invented? Yeah, that one needs more stuff in it. That's like so much more happened in... 1937. Where are we looking? We're looking at number 11, 1937. 11. We're saying it's worse than that. No, I reckon we need to put more stuff for that year. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I think it's better than that, but maybe we're forgetting some things that happened that year. Yeah. Sylvan Goldman made the shopping cart at Humpty Dumpty Supermarket. <sighs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and also right, a massive look, shopping it's, cart. It's not up to me, actually. It's up to you two. Yeah. I, I'll, I'm happy to put it above 1937. Yeah. Actually, it's my year. I don't <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not in the dungeon. True. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to put it there. All right. Really? So, so it'd be 11th 11. on the tier. Yeah. I will S take that. The second C. I will take that any day of the week yeah. for 1882. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, thanks, gents. That's okay. You're very that, welcome. That's just like a good trivia year. Yeah, some interesting things. Yeah. yeah. I hope I shared some fun facts with you all. That was very fun. I believe you did. Yeah. Probably the yeah. most interesting one in a while. Oh. That's just not true. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, but like, I knew nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, true. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's definitely more interesting stuff we've done. Like Bikini Atoll. Yeah, that actually. <laughs> yeah. 
What do you mean? Every episode of this show is interesting. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, we love this, yeah. <laughs> All right. We better wrap it up. Yeah. That sounds like I hate this. I do yeah. not hate yeah. this. And I uh, actually love this. And to finish the show, oh my um, goodness. producer Jonty has just passed me some very important information. We did mention Gleb Uspensky. Um, <laughs> how many Glebs are in the wondering world? Wondering how many Glebs we had. Um, now, I don't know if this is a global stat or if it's just a. Uh, could be global. Guess. <laughs> Four. Is it higher? Yes. I'm going to oh, guess. Whoa. There's a number in my head. Is it two digits? It is. What? I'm going to guess. Gleb. 37. It's a little bit higher. Do you want to have another guess, Wilson, now that we've given a little bit of a clue? or uh, Like 43. 39. 42. 48. Oh. Whoa. Is that worldwide? <laughs> <laughs> worldwide I, Glebs? I don't know what stat <laughs> this is giving me. It says 48, and then it says a total of 51 men have Gleb as a first name. <laughs> <laughs> and Dummy. then it says... The average age for the name Gleb is 24.7 years what? amongst men. 24-year-old Gleb. <laughs> so they were born in like... Like 1998. <laughs> I mean, it's a... I'll look up what it means. Gleb? Gleb. Does yeah. it have a meaning? I mean, it's a foreign name. It means the heir of God. Oh. As in H-E-I-R. Well, that's kind of like... Could that's pretty cool that meaning. Myself. Maybe that's cool name. Gleb. Gleb? I have no idea. Well, what? We'll leave it up to because it's Gleb, not Gleb, as in G E L E B. No, it's G L E B. Isn't it G E L E B? No, no. G L E B. All right, heir of God. Hey. <laughs> Someone said it was. <laughs> no, you asked him to spell it. He said G L E B, and from then you kept saying Gleb. <laughs> Maybe I had like an extra emphasis uh, okay. on the G. Let's bring it back, Arkin. Oh, God. If you're a top year, top year listener and you're about to have a <laughs> Name child. Name your kid Gleb. Do, do it. <laughs> or the coward parents who haven't in their kids. <laughs> Ronald McDonald. Go with Gleb. Gleb instead. It's a good second. <laughs> the worldwide Gleb. WWG. The cult of Gleb. Yes. <laughs> we better wrap this thing up. This is <laughs> like the longest episode yet. Oh. Yes. Thank you for putting up with us, everyone. Uh, oh, we haven't even randomized. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're good at this. Oh, right. I'll do that. Thanks for listening to a randomize for your year. It is my next. year. <laughs> 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 uh, 1962. Oh, nice. Yeah, We're bringing it back up. 80 years in the future. Yeah, fast forwarding a little bit. I'm getting um, Adam Sandler's remote <laughs> going forward in time. <laughs> Adam Sandler from Click. <laughs> also starring Christopher Walken. It is. <laughs> uh, Jonah Hill, briefly. <laughs> Keep it going. It's a wild time. Um, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> and um, uh, what's his name? The Fonz. Henry Winkler. <laughs> so, yeah, make yes. sure to follow us on, <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> at Pod. And Wilson, what's our email? Topiapod at gmail.com. Yes, it is. <laughs> Please send us some voice memos. We would love to play them on the show. Yep. Oh, gosh. This needs to end. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>